with a closer look at the news and events affecting Prince George. Welcome to After 9 on 93.1 CFIS-FM. Alan Wishart in the host chair for the final April show of my go on, on After 9. Steve on the board as usual. And got a full list of guests again today, so let's get started. I'm going to start with somebody I haven't spoken with anybody from this group in a while. Doris DeLong is with the North Breast Passage Dragon Boat Society. Good morning, Doris. Good morning, Alan. Now, just for people who don't know, because unfortunately you guys have been sort of out of the limelight for a while, what is the North Breast Passage Dragon Boat Society? Uh, we're a group originally of breast cancer survivors who got together to... Um, for the sake of camaraderie and exercise to participate in dragon boating. Now, what exactly is dragon boating? Like, you guys don't use actual dragons, right? <laughs> no. Oh, good. Um, it, it's um, A dragon boat is a human-propelled boat that's mm-hmm. about uh, 40 feet or 12 meters long, 4 feet wide or about 1.2 mm-hmm. meters, carries 20 paddlers uh, in pairs, so 10 rows of mm-hmm. two, uh, one drummer, and a sterner. Wow. <laughs> so even at 40 feet long, that's a fairly crowded boat, I would think. Well, it kind of depends on where you sit. Uh-huh. If, if you're in the middle of the boat, you get a little more space. But if you're at uh, the bow or the stern, mm-hmm. <laughs> it can get fairly crowded. Yes. So what is, you, you were saying for camaraderie, for exercise, etc., but... I'm thinking there's got to be a little bit more to it than that, though. Like, why dragon boats? I mean, there are lots of other ways you could get together and get some exercise. Well, the original uh, thinking on breast cancer survivors was that uh, if you participated in activities that stress the upper body, you were more likely to experience uh, lymphedema, Mm. which is a swelling of your lymph glands. And... um, in 1996, a doctor in Vancouver, Dr. Don McKenzie, who is an exercise physiologist and professor at UBC Sports Medicine Department, um, organized uh, uh, an experiment where he had six months with volunteer breast cancer survivors. So for three months, they did hard training right. um, in a gym, for example, and then three months on the water in a dragon boat, which requires a lot of upper body stress. Yes. So it was for the sake of um, finding out whether that, that thinking was correct, which it was not. Mm. Um, they found that there were no direct, there was no direct correlation between upper body strenuous exercise and um, lymphedema. So at that point, um, a group in Vancouver got together of breast cancer survivors and organized a breast in a boat. And from there, it's grown to be a worldwide um, activity for breast cancer survivors in particular. Um, and we're just one of many, many teams worldwide. Now, how long is it? How long has the Dragon Boat Society been in Prince George? Like I realize it may not have been the North Breast Passage to start with, but how long has there been a Dragon Boat here? Uh, we have the society started in 1999, wow. organized by Dr. Linda Wilson. Mm-hmm. Um, the Dragon Boat 
because it's so large, it doesn't move around. It's not <laughs> like you can take it from one lake to another. Yeah. So we practice on West Lake, and um, on some Sundays or Wednesdays, you might go out there and see us skirting along the edge mm. of the lake and uh, hearing our drum. Yeah. So now, the, each of the paddlers, I'm... I'm just trying to picture my mind. Like, I've got an idea, but I just want to make sure each person has, like, one paddle, and it's not like a kayak or anything like that. It's more like a canoe where you've got the one paddle uh, that you dig in on the side of the boat. It's, it's a similar stroke to a paddling stroke mm-hmm. with modifications to allow for not smashing into the person in front of you and behind. Oh, come on. That takes all the fun out of it. <laughs> Uh, that's one term for it. <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah so you, you have to learn a stroke, and it, it is quite different from, mm. um, a, you know, being in a canoe. Yeah. Um, but similar. Okay. So somebody who's previously done some paddling in canoes may find it a little bit easier because they've got the experience in how to actually use a paddle, but they have to be trained in making sure they don't smash into the person ahead or behind them, as you said. Uh, Synchronization is key to this activity, and uh, it's essential to learn that. Yeah. Now, is that where the drummer and the sterner come in to some extent as well, is making sure that people have got that rhythm that they need to keep to avoid hitting each other? Well, uh, you have to learn to watch um, the lead stroke, which are Mm. the two paddlers at the front of the boat, and uh, keep in time with them. They are the ones who set the pace. Okay. The drummer actually follows them. Oh, okay. So, um, at least in our boat, that's the case. Um, Yeah, so. So now... I'm thinking, because I said we hadn't heard anything from the Northwest Dragon Boat Society, Northwest Passage Dragon Boat Society for a couple of years. I'm guessing cancer survivors and COVID and getting together, those are three things that don't really work too well together, do they? No, not no. at all. We we were quite um, aware of the, the problems related to getting together, and so... Um, our last face-to-face meeting up until quite recently was... Uh, March of 2020. Wow. And uh, so we usually participate in, do a lot of fundraising around town, mm-hmm. um, participate in at least one festival a year. Yeah. So there are no festivals in the province pretty well in 20 no. or 21. And um, obviously we didn't do any face-to-face type fundraising. Yeah. So we were keeping a pretty low profile. We did keep the team together on a more casual basis. We mm-hmm. had Zoom meetings and uh, got together when the weather allowed it and uh, just had visits. Yeah. Not We didn't paddle again until, seriously, until last year. Okay. Now then, was there was there a race last year that you guys were able to go to? Or? Oh, yes. Oh, okay. we, we did go down to Penticton mm-hmm. and... Uh, which is our usual site we go to for right. a festival, and uh, had a grand time down there, and we actually came first in one of our categories, wow. so that was nice. Yeah, congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. So how many, how many dragon boats would be coming to a festival like that? 
Well, it depends on the festival itself. Um, there have been as many as 80 teams in Penticton. Wow. So it's, it's a major event. It's usually the second weekend in September. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and then, of course, there are other Dragon Boat festivals all over the province. Yeah. Some of them are one-day festivals. I think Kamloops has a one-day. Mm-hmm. Um, Nanaimo has a one-day mm-hmm. festival. Uh, there's a big one in Victoria that's uh, two days. Oh. Yeah. Now, when you said, like, at Penticton, up to 80 boats, would each of them represent almost like a different community? Um, I'll make a slight correction there. 80 80 teams. um, They have on site maybe seven boats at the most. These are not things you want to move around at all. Okay. Yeah, so they supply the boats, and then the teams all come in, and they have to organize the races and figure out how it all goes. So you guys practice up here on one boat, but it's not the same boat that you're going to be using when you go to a festival. Correct. Wow. <laughs> so the boats have to be... They, they have the, the dimensions for each of the boats has to be fairly consistent then. Yeah, there's a fairly good standard. That's why yeah. I can tell you that they're about this long and yeah. about this wide. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. When you go to a festival, do you get the chance to... T- almost take take a test row, if you will, on one of the boats, just to make sure that everything is set up the way you want it? Um, well, there aren't too many ways to make alterations, really. No. So, um, yes, they provide an opportunity to get into their boats the day before the racing mm-hmm. starts. Mm-hmm. Um, that means having your team there, though. Ah, that <laughs> so helps. That, that, for us, has been a bit of a problem in the past, because... Uh, a lot of our team members actually work for paid mm. still, yeah. and getting down there by Friday at 5 o'clock is a little difficult. Oh, so. Yeah. So now, when you're at the festival, how many races would you take part in, in Penticton, say? Uh, for me, five. Wow. And so there's usually uh, two on Saturday and three on Sunday, including the breast cancer survivor race on Sunday. Oh. And uh, that that's uh, that's where we put our main efforts, actually, yeah. because uh, other teams generally are made up of younger members mm-hmm. overall on average, and uh, our team is a little older just because we're a group <laughs> of survivors. Yeah. But we still give it our all. Mm-hmm. And so this, it, it's a Dragon Boat Festival... But it's not necessarily a breast survive a breast cancer survivor dragon boat festival. It's mm. a dragon boat festival that happens to have some areas for groups like yours. Um, there are teams that are um, mixed teams mm. of all you know all adult mm-hmm. usually, or they have teams of uh, teens, right? Um, women only. Um, other festivals have men-only categories. Oh, okay. So it, it just depends on the festival, how it's organized. So now, how how have you guys been doing the workouts then, knowing that this year you're probably going to be going to a festival? Well, um, we our coach, Anita Cashmark, um, mm. leads us in dryland training from approximately November till um, March. Okay. Um and then April, May, we go into <laughs> into our um, 
boat, practice boat, that's uh, tethered to a diving board support at uh, the aquatic centre. Right. Um, practice there, that's really helpful for new people because yeah. it uh, helps them get that synchronization going. Yeah. And, and then for, uh, as soon as we can get on the water in May, until mm. um, mm-hmm. approximately, well, till the festival in September, yeah. we paddle on, on Westlake. So do you have somebody out by Westlake every day giving you reports on what the situation is like in terms of how clear the lake is? Well, um, I know that Coach has been receiving uh, photos from one of our team members out there, and mm-hmm. uh, she said last time I talked to her on Sunday, it was, oh, there's just a little open space around mm-hmm. the outside edge. But this weekend should really do a number on it. Yes. So you're hoping that um, in a couple of weeks you guys might be able to be out on the lake again? Um, I think last year was one of the earliest times mm-hmm. we were on the lake and it was just the week before the long weekend okay, so yeah yeah we get on as soon as we can yeah as soon as anyone's prepared to get their toes wet yes knowing that the water is still probably going to be fairly cold that's right yes now how long are the races when you're at a festival like how far do you guys have to have to paddle um, the ones we do in Penticton are 500 meters okay and they take us as a team, about just under three minutes. Wow. Um, other teams, the big guys, yeah. <laughs> will, will finish inside of, uh, I've seen teams finish in less than two. Holy cow. So they're really flying. Yeah, I was going to say, that's moving, especially when you consider it. I'm guessing a dragon boat is not really a, like a light boat that you can carry on your head down to the water. <laughs> um, no, no. It, it's a, over 500 pounds. Oosh. And and that's a light boat. Yeah. The original boats made of teak, of course, were much heavier. Yeah. But even at that, like a 500-pound boat, and you guys are taking it from basically a standing start, I assume, right, at the beginning of the race. Yes. And then to go 500 meters in less than three minutes. Wow. It's an accomplishment. And we figure that if if we're not... uh, drippy and um, breathing hard by the end of it. We haven't done enough. <laughs> okay. And your coach will let you know. Oh, oh well, she's really a positive person. So yeah. um, besides, you know, when you get a bunch of people in a boat together like that, the, the pressure to respond to the team oh, yeah. is immense. And uh, there's a lot of noise and a lot of encouragement <laughs> from each other. And, yes, we just like to work really hard. Now, do you guys do much heckling of the other teams as you're rowing? None. Ah, too bad. (laughs) That would be fun. No, No. you see, part of the thing is to keep in time with everybody else in the boat. Right. If our attention is diverted to other teams, then uh, uh, that's not so helpful. We had an occasion last festival where another team... You see, the boat itself is, is... guided by our sterner. Yes. We don't, as paddlers, we don't control where the boat goes. Another sterner in another boat beside us kind of lost control a little bit, Uh and they got, they went right in front, well, they came and bumped into us right after our start, so we had to, again, start from a standstill. Yes. Were they disqualified or anything? They were 
um, they had a five second. Oh. Um, yeah, and they they got five seconds added to their time. Okay. So now, Doris, if people want more information about the Northwest Dragon Passage Dragon Boat Society, how to get involved, how to help you guys with fundraising, how do they go about getting in touch with you guys? Well, um, there are three particular, four particular possibilities to find mm-hmm. out more about us. Right. Um, we're, of course, on the web, so northbreastpassage.com. Okay. Um, you could send an email to northbp. 2016 at Outlook.com. You could check Facebook for North Breast Passage Dragon Boat Team. Okay. Or you could contact me, Doris, at 250-564-1274 and leave a message. Sounds great. Doris, thank you very much for taking the time to talk to us about the North Breast Passage Dragon Boat Society and how you guys are getting back on the water and getting rolling again. Yes. Thank you very much, Alan. Okay. Take a quick break and be back with more after nine. Meet Charlie, a young fisher boy, once carefree, now caught in a net of envy. Why is it that folks like that have everything and folks like us have nothing? Will Charlie surrender all? Come, step out of the ship. Or will he drown in his pride? Oh, no. Join the crew of my golden ship on the next Lamplighter Theater. Sundays at 7 a.m. and p.m. here on 93.1 CFIS-FM. Learn to love your smile again at Der Denture Center. Der Denture Center offers a full range of denture services from partial dentures to complete dentures. Same-day repairs are also available. Der Denture Center is located on the third floor of the Victoria Medical Building with easy elevator access. Come in for a free complimentary consultation. No referral required. For help with your existing set or if you need new, Der Denture Center in the Victoria Medical Building. Call 250-562-6638. Does Deb's Cafe and Specialty Bakery offer baking for diabetics? Yes. Cheesecake, carrot cake, blueberry pie, brownies, and more. The cheesecake and carrot cake each have four net carbs per slice. Blueberry pie has five, and the brownie has just three net carbs. Do these specialty baked goods taste good? People love them. What else would you like to say to our diabetic listeners? Come to Deb's Cafe and Specialty Bakery next to Pharmasave on 7th at Quebec. Forecast from Environment Canada. A mix of sun and cloud today. A 30% chance of showers this afternoon. Winds from the southwest at 30 gusting to 50, a high of 9. Increasing cloudiness tonight. A 60% chance of showers overnight. Gusting south winds becoming light, a low of 1. For Wednesday, cloudy with a 60% chance of showers in the morning and early afternoon. Then a mix of sun and cloud. Wind becoming southwest 40 gusting to 60 near noon, a high of 13. This is After 9 on Prince George's Community Station, 93.1 CFIS-FM. And my next guest, I've talked to him a number of times over a few different things, but it seems like, Ron Palillo, it seems like it's been a while since we've chatted, especially about Crime Stoppers. Yeah, and and thanks for having me back. No problem, yeah. And thanks for agreeing to come on again, because that means that obviously I didn't upset you too much. (laughs) (laughs) So now, for people who don't know, Crime Stopper, Northern BC Crime Stoppers, I always like to ask this question, mm-hmm. define Northern BC. It's basically the two-thirds 
uh, northern half of British Columbia we serve. The only place we don't serve now is Prince Rupert. Mm-hmm. And um, actually, the Prince Rupert board is experiencing what other boards and us to a certain degree, too, is just a lack of volunteers. Mm. And um, we keep hearing that they're struggling and they might wind down as uh, as well. And uh, if that does happen, um, we would likely take that over. But I, I know um, there is a, a couple of uh, really core diehard volunteers that mm-hmm. want to keep it alive and so far they have been successful which is great so how far south do you go you said the, the northern two-thirds so i'm guessing around kamloops would be yes uh, no, no actually we go to about uh, williams lake okay yeah and then kamloops program goes up to about 100 mile okay so everything uh, south of williams lake yeah. Northeast, so, yeah. Uh, like I say, northwest with the exception of Prince Rupert. Yeah. Um, of course, the central the, interior. Up and into then, the Peace region yeah, as well. Peace, yeah, Peace, and wow. then uh, east to the Alberta border. Jeez. Yeah. So what were the numbers like last year? Very successful. Mm-hmm. Uh, the program works and yes. uh, always has. That's why I've been involved for <laughs> two decades. <laughs> wow. Um, last year, we had a record year for tips. In the Prince George and Northern BC area, over 1,200 tips. Jeez. So you're looking at roughly four a day. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And now, I know, I think we've talked about this before, you know how many tips there are, you know how many rewards we're giving out and everything, but if I was to say, well, how many of those tips were on this type of crime or that type mm-hmm. of crime, you guys don't have that information? Yeah, actually, oh. we, we do have that oh. uh, information, yeah. We, it's, okay. uh, we are just in the transition of bringing on a new coordinator. Right. And actually, at our last board meeting on Thursday, we actually had a breakdown. And uh, it's interesting. Um, the last uh, month or so, I can kind of give you that experience. I don't have the numbers no. in front of me. But uh, it's fairly even, everything from... Hmm. Um, in fact, there was even, uh, believe it or not, uh, one or two tips uh, dealing with some terrorist activity. Whoa. It it. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, it, it, and it varies, the whole gamut, everything yeah. from, obviously, um, uh, drugs um, mm-hmm. and related um, activities to that um, um, are given to Crime Stoppers. But like I say, you it's it runs the whole gamut of yeah. information that's uh, provided. And the big thing that I think we have to emphasize, we do this every time, but Crime Stoppers is not 911. Yes. You guys don't want calls about crimes that are in progress. Those go to 911 to exactly. the police Exactly. If you see a crime that's in progress, you call 911 and police. Yeah. Um, this is an opportunity for you to investigate crime uh, through an anonymous. And, and that's mm-hmm. you know one yes. thing I really want to, and I stress every time I'm here, that we do everything that we can, and it's a cornerstone of our program to guarantee anonymity. Yeah. And, uh, you know, um, people rely on us uh, for that, and that's what we provide. And, and we hand over that information up to police, and then police determine whether the information is valid or not, because mm-hmm. not every tip is a good tip yeah and sometimes there's duplicate tips as well too mm-hmm. um and they make that um uh determination and then from there they investigate and hopefully yeah. lead to uh an arrest and then if there is an arrest um we give out rewards mm-hmm. now one thing i don't know if we talked about this before because it seems to me it 
I don't know if I want to call it a gray area or not. If I suspect, let's say there's a house in my neighborhood, which I think might be being used for drugs, would it be 911 or Crime Stoppers? Um, in in that case, it, it really it's perf- you know that's really up to the individual. Okay. Um, if uh, I would suggest, if you want to remain anonymous, mm-hmm. then Crime Stoppers yeah. would be your avenue. If uh, you want to call police and get them to investigate that, you should absolutely call that. Yeah. So, kind of gives an option to okay. um, the person that has that concern. Yeah. Is there such a thing as a Crime Stoppers tip that's too small? No. No. No, um, any little information. In fact, sometimes, uh, and I know this from history, that uh, sometimes it's that littlest piece of information mm-hmm. that they can piece together. Because yeah. as you can appreciate, uh, solving crime is not an easy thing. No. There's a lot of complexity to it. <laughs> and sometimes that little piece of information will just make that difference yeah. that will uh, allow the police to have a breakthrough and... Um, you know, um, make some arrests and solve crime. Like the person who a couple of weeks after something happened suddenly goes, well, wait a minute, I remember I saw a gray car leaving there that day. So they call Crime Stoppers and... Absolutely, provide that information. Uh, yeah. Like I say, if you want to provide it to Crime Stoppers or call police directly. Yeah. Okay, we are going to take a quick break, Ron. When we come back, we're going to talk about an event you guys got coming up this weekend. Yeah, this Saturday. After nine. Art Battle is back May 12th at the Knox Performance Center. Be a part of the electrifying energy as skilled artists engage in a high-speed showdown, flinging paint with every stroke. Pick up your ticket so you can be on hand to help crown the champion or apply to be a feature artist. Applications and full details are available through the events page at artbattle.com. Art Battle 2023, May 12th at the Knox Performance Center, brought to you by your Community Arts Council. The Indigenous Sport, Physical Activity and Recreation Council is holding its 2023 NAIG Team BC Canoe Kayak Selection Camp on May 6th and 7th in Nanaimo. This will serve as the athlete identification event for the Team BC Canoe Kayak Team at the 2023 North American Indigenous Games in Halifax this July. Registration and full details are available through iSpark.ca. The NAIG Team BC Canoe Kayak Selection Camp, May 6th and 7th at Long Lake in Nanaimo. Young people from low-income families now have the opportunity to access federal dollars for post-secondary education, even those over 21. The Northern Promise is an undertaking by the Government of Canada to help young people access the Canada Learning Bond, money the government adds to an RESP for low-income families. Funds help pay costs for full or part-time studies at apprenticeship programs, trade schools, colleges, and universities. More information on Northern Promise funding is available online at the northernpromise.ca. If you're a student between the ages of 7 and 18 who needs a little help with homework, the Saturday Study Hall at the downtown branch of the Prince George Public Library may be just what you need. Every Saturday between 10.30 and 4.30, you can bring your schoolwork and get help from their tutor or your peers. It's a free drop-in event for students, but you are advised to check the website at pgpl.ca for which Saturdays the study hall will be in session. You're listening to After 9 on Prince George's Community Station, 93.1 CFIS-FM. So, Ron, it just occurred to me, probably the last time we talked about Crime Stoppers would have been about six months ago <laughs> with your fall shredded event. And now, by golly, it's spring out there. It's starting to feel like that. 
And there's another sweated event coming up. Yeah, and actually, um, we're going to really luck out with the weather. Uh, Looks like, yeah. As you know, or maybe some people know <laughs> that this weekend's supposed to be almost summer-like. Uh, yes. I think they're forecasting 26 degrees on Saturday. Well, I, I think I noticed the last the last forecast that I saw, they dropped that by a couple of degrees, yeah. but it's still in the 20s. Yeah, so. well, near a record, I know. Yes. So uh, absolutely perfect day to come out and uh, join us for our spring community shredded event, mm. which is happening at um, the Prince George Secondary School parking lot. And uh, for people that are aware of this, uh, I know a lot of people look forward to it, mm-hmm. especially the spring one, because there's a lot of spring cleaning that's yes. happening. And people like to look at that and say, you know what, I should deal with that box mm-hmm. or those boxes. And uh, it's an opportunity for you and I and everyone to shred those uh, personal important documents and mm-hmm. um, really to ensure that uh, you're not a victim of identity theft, which no. is which is a big time issue. Yes. Uh, it's amazing. Thankfully, I, I've never experienced that mm-hmm. and hopefully we'll never yeah. experience identity theft. But it's amazing with one piece of when we were talking about information, yeah. how with one or two pieces of information, uh, they could essentially steal your entire identity and, you know, do some real damage. You see, I'm not too worried about that because I don't have an identity. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All righty. I'm thinking the other thing that people might want to remember, especially with the spring shredded event, is um, <clears throat> if you've got tax documents yeah. and you're realizing, okay, these ones are like 10 years old. I don't need them anymore, but I don't want to just, as you said, you know, toss them out in the garbage yeah. or something. This is yeah, perfect. we get a lot of that. Uh, and people that are, you know, just like, family stuff that they've mm-hmm. stored for years and years and years and they finally say you know what we got to deal with that yeah so uh come and um i think the the one change this year is that we've decided to um uh suggest that the minimum donation be a little higher mm-hmm. um we're 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 asking for ten dollars a box okay. instead yeah. of five yeah uh, and that's a hope to raise a little more money because yes. uh, it is a significant amount of work to organize uh, the event. And, um, you know, and big kudos to our sponsors that, that make it happen, in particular Shredit that provides two trucks mm. for like five hours yeah. uh, to help, you know, to facilitate this. And Mr. Mike's, who always shows up and does a great barbecue. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I think they're going to be very busy on Saturday. These are always busy at somewhere between two to 300 Mr. Mike burgers they <sighs> wow. serve up every time and uh want to thank school district 57 and, and pgss for allowing us to use their parking lot and so with that partnership it really allows us to put on a great community event and, and a really um great service and you know quite frankly if you were to do this commercially mm. uh, it would cost you a heck of a lot more trust yeah. me yeah. now one thing i just wanted to check on because i know for the last few years because of covid you guys couldn't do this are there going to be, like, picnic tables or anything like that where people can sit and enjoy their Mr. Mike burger without having to just take it in the car and leave? Yeah, it, um, it's uh, meant to be a, it's a drive-through yeah. event. Um, I guess if you wanted to, you could. Uh, I know there are uh, a few picnic tables around mm-hmm. uh, at PGSS. Um, so I guess if you were mm-hmm. so inclined, you could. But I know a lot of people... Um, I mean, what would after they do their shredded or grab their Mr. Yeah, Mike's burger? In fact, a lot of people they actually park and and eat their Mr. Mike's burger right there, and right there, yeah. and talk to people. And mm-hmm. we have a little community of people mm-hmm. that um, that actually stay there. Um, so you're more than welcome to do that as well. So now, when people are bringing stuff, it is a shredded event. So make yeah. sure that uh, like don't bring 
a ring binder with the ring still attached. Exactly. And I'm glad you brought that up because uh, uh, we're shredding paper here. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. we're, we're not shredding as you steal. So yeah. anything – so if you've got those ring binders, just please remove them, mm-hmm. you know, and put them in a bag or a box yeah. because um, – not only you know um, there's a risk of of actually damaging the shredded trucks and yes. the equipment, it also slows things down, right? Because yeah. then we have to physically shred every you know rip everything apart yeah. and put it aside. And uh, like I say, I anticipated it's going to be very very busy. And I know mm-hmm. from last spring, at one point um, during the height of it, we probably had 25 <laughs> cars Just in the queue wind, wind going all the way cow. up Griffiths and yeah. all the way to the highway. So, and we try to move them uh, pretty quickly yeah. and we do um, but uh, that, those sort of things slow yeah. yeah so please no metal or um, uh, staples even like the small staples we can do but yeah. the, you know like big metal staples anything no. like that yeah please remove those and yeah. um, and uh, you can bring it in a box or, um, or or a bag, and 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 if you're in a real hurry, you could even drop and go, uh, okay. make a donation, drop and go, yeah. and, and off you go. So it is. Do you know offhand? Do you see some of the same people or just whatever year? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah we we definitely have our core group of regulars, mm-hmm. but. Uh, each time we do it, uh, we uh, I know for a fact we attract a new audience, mm-hmm. and they come and they go, oh, I, I, I never knew you guys did this, yeah. so when do you do it? <laughs> and just so for people know, we, this is, I think, our probably our 10th one that we've wow. done in the last six or seven years. Yeah. Um, obviously, during 2020, we, we COVID year, but yeah. uh, even during... You know, 2021 and 2022, because we were outside and drive through, we were yeah. able to do it and we followed all the health protocols. So uh, people now actually become to rely on it. In mm-hmm. fact, um, you know, um, like I wear many hats. A lot mm-hmm. of people ask me about council and other things, yeah. but the, probably the most question I get is, hey, when's the next shredded event? <laughs> so okay. people are actually, yeah. uh, you know, look forward to it. And uh, we always try to do it the last Saturday in April and the last Saturday in September. So okay. there's always a spring and fall. Yeah. Yeah. Just so people can have a bit of a... And the other thing that I think we need to emphasize is this is basically intended for people individuals exactly yeah this is not intended for um uh, large or medium businesses. we do have some small businesses that come Mm -hmm. and and that's fine but uh you know this is not intended for you know people to show up with 40 50 boxes i mean this is for everyday people like you and i Mm -hmm. that need to deal with their personal important documents in a safe secure uh, way and you help crime stoppers which is been keeping us safe here in Prince George since 1985. Wow. So if somebody runs a business out of their home, yeah. that wouldn't be a problem. Probably, they might have one, maybe two boxes of yeah. stuff. That's not a problem. Yeah. They, and, and and like I say, we, we've got that over over yeah. the years as well, too. That That's fine. And, and you know, and, and quite frankly, um, I mean... You know, we're a nonprofit. We're we're not going to uh, say no. No, you know what I mean. <laughs> and and you know, if um, if you can't afford ten dollars per box, we understand. Yeah, a donation is a donation, but uh, we are suggesting uh, ten dollars per box, and and we think that's very reasonable. And uh, like I say, we, it's going to be a beautiful day, yes. and uh, we're anticipating it's going to be very busy. So uh, be patient with us, and yeah. we'd love to see you and. Uh, uh, hopefully this will be our, our most successful event and 
you know, um, hopefully we can raise somewhere in the neighborhood of uh, six to $8,000. Wow. Yeah. And just a note then for people as well, if you're going to be driving through that area, if you're not going to the straight event, mm-hmm. you may want to watch out for traffic because it sounds like it could be backed up pretty good. Yeah, it, it, there, there's a possibility of that. Uh, like I say, you know, we're kind of self-contained in yeah. PGSS and we're kind of the only event there. So, but uh, yeah, that's probably not a bad thing to give people a heads up on. Yeah. Okay, so again, when and where? So it's this Saturday, uh, 10 a.m., 2 p.m., Prince George Secondary School parking lot. I know we always have early birds, but mm-hmm. um, um, <laughs> we, we, we plan to open at 10. I know we always have a few people there that show up at 930. You're yeah. going to probably have to wait. Yeah. Um, and we'll have two trucks there along with Mr. Mike's and uh, their great uh, barbecue. They'll be there from around 11 till 130. Okay. And if people want more information about Northern BC Crime Stoppers in general, yeah. how do they get it? Um, lots of ways. Uh, probably the easiest way is to follow us on social media. Right. Uh, we have a very active Facebook page. So just mm-hmm. uh, look for Northern BC Crime Stoppers on Facebook. We also have, are on Instagram. Mm-hmm. And we have a great uh, website as well, too, northernbccrimestoppers.ca. And okay. uh, you'll get the history and all the information. And, you know, I should say, too, that we're always looking for volunteers. We're yes. all looking for help. And we are looking for a couple new board members mm-hmm. to join. Join the executive. So if you're really interested, uh, we'd love to have you. We do great work. Uh, you can reach out to me personally, and I can give you more information. So we'd love to have a couple more board members as well, too. Sounds great. Ron Palillo, Northern BC Crime Stoppers, thank you very much for coming in. And Thanks for inviting me. Okay. Take another quick break and be back with more after 9. CNC and Selkirk College are partnering for a Pharmacy Technician Diploma Program. The 15-month program will provide students with a blend of online theory courses, in-person labs, and hands-on practicum hours in direct clinical settings. The online portion of the program begins in July, with in-person labs commencing the following year at CNC. Visit the Selkirk College website to learn more about the Pharmacy Technician Program and to apply through the Programs and Courses page at selkirk.ca. If you believe someone you know might be the victim of elder abuse, turn your concerns over to the professionals and let them investigate. Do not confront an abuser yourself. Let the professionals determine if abuse is occurring. The Prince George Council of Seniors has a list of numbers you can call and websites you can visit for more information. Pick up the list at the Seniors Resource Center at 1335th Avenue or call 250-564-9100. On June 4th, Crohn's and Colitis Canada is hosting the Gutsy Walk at the Caledonia Nordic Ski Club. The Gutsy Walk raises money for those affected by Crohn's disease and ulcerative colitis in our community, with over $50 million donated to patient support programs and critical research. Join with your fellow community members and show them they're not alone. For more information, visit gutsywalk.ca. The Crohn's and Colitis Gutsy Walk, June 4th at the Caledonia Nordic Ski Club. Forecast from Environment Canada. A mix of sun and cloud today, a 30% chance of showers this afternoon. Wind from the southwest at 30 gusts into 50, a high of 9. Increasing cloudiness tonight, a 60% chance of showers overnight. Gusting south winds becoming light, a low of 1. For Wednesday, cloudy with a 60% chance of showers in the morning and early afternoon, then a mix of sun and cloud. Wind becoming southwest 40, gusting to 60 near noon, a high of 13. Keeping you up to date on current news and events in and around Prince George. This is After 9 on 93.1 CFIS-FM. 
Well, we've got Northern FanCon coming up pretty soon, and a lot of people know I usually end up talking with Norm Coyne about this, but Norm's a busy guy, and he's a little bit too busy today, I guess. So instead, I'm chatting with Leah, who is the Director of Communications for Northern FanCon. Good morning, Leah. Good morning. How's it going? Not too bad in yourself. Uh, I'm getting very excited for FanCon. <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine. So just quickly so people know, what is FanCon and when is it? What is FanCon? I think it's the biggest nerdtastic event that we've got up <laughs> here in the north. Um, and it is running from May, May 5th through the 7th. Okay. And I, I think it's, I think the best way to phrase it is it's at Exhibition Park, isn't it? Because you guys aren't just in one building. Uh, I be- yeah, we're in CN Center, and there is, um, I mean, in other years, we appear in KIN 1 as yeah. well. So, okay. Yeah. But now, let's hit some of the highlights then, because, of course, the thing a lot of people are looking at when they talk about fan cons in general, especially Northern Fan Con, who are some of the guests you've got coming this year? Okay, well, let's start with who I'm just, like, absolutely super excited about. Okay. This might just, like, prove how old I am, and <laughs> some of the university audience might be like, who? But I'm so, so stoked for Lou Diamond Phillips. Uh, that's what I kind of uh, thought you were going to say. Yes, because, like, come on, I grew up with Young Guns 1 and 2 mm-hmm. and La Bamba. Um, also, I'm very excited for Michael Cudlitz because I'm a massive Walking Dead fan, mm-hmm. but he's just about to uh, start with um, the Superman uh, show. I think it's Lois and Clark on the CW. Uh, also, too, I'm a massive fan of The Mandalorian. We have Emily Swallow coming, who plays the armorer, mm-hmm. and she had such a big part th- in this last season that just ended. Um, we've also got Summer Glau, who is from Firefly. I know a lot of people are very excited to, to meet her as well. Uh, and then we've got some staples coming, people that like we continually bring up to FanCon that we just like love. They're really mm-hmm. big in the industry, um, like Mark Bernardin. Yep. He is a writer uh, for television. He's done like Castle Rock, Treadstone, Star Trek, Picard. And he runs one of the most popular workshops uh, every year at FanCon, teaching you how to write for TV, which is very, very mm-hmm. fun. And also, like we can't men- we can't forget Mark Mir. Yeah. Uh, he is the voice of Commander Shepard in Mass Effect, but also like he is like our unofficial <laughs> kind of mascot. <laughs> He's the king of cosplay, the king of Dungeons and Dragons. We love having him back. Um, also, too, we're bringing some concept artists like. Mm-hmm. Kyle Charles, John Gallagher, um, Johnny Simpson, and then we have some really awesome cosplay folks like Katie DeCobre, Carly Bombshell, and Cami Leanne. And then also, too, we can't forget the 501st Legion. They are a worldwide organization uh, that uh, they dress as all the bad guys from Star Wars, yes. but they do good and they raise money for charity. And I believe. Oh, my goodness. I think that it's for Spirit of the North this year. Okay. Or maybe yeah. hospice. Please, I apologize. No, no, no problem. <laughs> this is just rambling off the top of my head. So now, I just want to make one thing clear to people, though. 501st Legion is not providing the security at FanCon, correct? No. no. <laughs> I mean, if you're bad, they might, like, drag you off and throw you in the clink. But okay. uh, <laughs> they have been a staple with us, too, from the beginning. And you can, you can go get your photo taken with them, and all the money mm. goes to charity. They're a really great organization. And now you were mentioning Mark Bernardin doing a uh, TV writer's workshop, I think you said. Yeah. There's, there's, there's more workshops than that, though. 
Yes, we have yet to release our workshop oh. list, so definitely follow us on our socials for mm-hmm. that, on Facebook, on Instagram, as well as our up- our website is updated as well. So there's always something good going on in there. Like in the past years, we've had like how to be a zombie, um, <laughs> you know, women in film, costumes, but it's, it's always evolving. So yeah. definitely stay tuned for that. Now, one thing I noticed because I was on the website this morning, was I think every single one of the guests who you had on that the, the guest page on the site was listed as being here for all three days, which is a little bit unusual from other conventions because a lot of conventions it's like Joe Smith is here, big star, he's here on Friday, and that's it. Well, so there are a couple people that are actually only appearing, and it's funny that you bring this up now mm-hmm. because I was literally just making a post to go oh. onto our okay. social platform. <laughs> Almost everybody is appearing all three days. Uh, Summer Glau is appearing May 6th and 7th, so that's the Saturday and the Sunday. And then Emily Swallow will be here the Friday and the Saturday, the 5th and the 6th. But I do believe, yeah, everybody else is here all three days. And that actually is pretty standard for FanCon. I mean, Mm -hmm. occasionally one person might come for one day, like last year, Bret Hart. But for the majority, like, everybody just hangs out because... We are continually told by our celebrity guests that it is, like, such a different, warming experience up in the north. So I don't know what the rest of the world is doing. (laughs) And now you guys, you bounced back fairly quickly, I think, from um, a couple, what was it, you had to take two years off because of COVID, I think? We only took one year off, and I believe it was 2020, and we were ready to go for that, absolutely. (laughs) But, you know, so was the rest of the world with what they were planning on doing, too. Yeah. But you guys have bounced right back, and uh, yeah, again, just looking at the list of guests, and I'm guessing people, as you said, the two Marks, Mark Bernard and Mark Meir, they've probably got the dates circled for next year's FanCon already on their calendar. <laughs> I hope so. Like, we do have our legacy guests that mean mm-hmm. a lot to us, and like, for example, like, Mark Bernardin, he doesn't do very many other cons yeah. anywhere else in the world, but he always makes sure that he's with us at FanCon, and that really, like, that means something. He's such yeah. a great person. Do you think some of it is because, like, I don't want to sound so negative, but FanCon is actually a smaller convention compared to some of them, and might that be a reason that people like Mark Bernardin and Mark Meir like to come here because it is a little bit smaller, like you don't have 50,000 people in this in the area every day? Well, you know what? We definitely do not look at it being a smaller no. show as a negative aspect because I get exactly what you just said. Um, because it's smaller and there are not as many people up here, each of our celebrity guests are able to spend a couple minutes talking to people mm-hmm. and make connections with their fans. Whereas when you go to bigger shows in, like, you know, big American meccas, you know, it's basically like an assembly line. Yeah. Sign, thank you. Sign, Sign thank you. And it's completely different. And that's why people like Mark, the Marks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the Marks come back because, like, they they have friends here every year that specifically come out to Northern FanCon to see them. Yeah. So, I mean, personally, I'm working on the back end, and I have different experiences, <laughs> but, like, the friendships that we make with this event are incredible, and I know for a fact that a lot of the people that come to the event are doing the same thing. Yeah. Okay, Leah, we need to take a quick break. When we come back, talk some more about Northern FanCon after 9. Your Prince George Council of Seniors and Seniors First BC have partnered with local volunteer legal professionals to offer free advanced planning documents to eligible seniors. Clinics are held one Wednesday each month by appointment at the new Seniors Resource Centre, 1330 Fifth Avenue. 
Call Seniors First BC at 1-833-512-0665 to determine if you're eligible and to book an appointment. More information is also available at seniorsfirstbc.ca. The Prince George RCMP is asking for your help in locating 29-year-old Sharice Amber Hudson-Wilson. Sharice was last seen during the first week of April and is described as an Indigenous female, 5 foot 4 with brown eyes and dyed blonde hair. When last seen, Sharice was wearing a black jacket, black pants and black boots. If you know the whereabouts of Sharice Amber Hudson-Wilson, please contact the RCMP at 250-561-3300 or anonymously report online to Northern BC crimestoppers.ca The Prince George Cantata Singers are presenting their spring concert Saturday, May 13th at St. Michael's Church. Take in this uplifting evening of music celebrating creatures that fly. The choir will be under the direction of Ariana Crossland and accompanied by Maureen Nelson. The evening will also feature guest musicians Shoshana Godber, Kathleen Peters, Allison Bell, and Noel Jago. Tickets are available from choir members and online at pgcantatasingers.ca. That's the Prince George Cantata Singers Spring Concert, Saturday, May 13th at St. Michael's Church. Hi, I'm Ron from Crime Stoppers. Protect yourself against identity theft and support your Crime Stoppers program. On Saturday, April 29th from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. in the PGSS parking lot, we'll be holding our drive through shredded event. For a minimum $10 donation per bag or box, we'll shred your personal documents. And for an additional 5 bucks, you can get a tasty Mike's Burger from Mr. Mike's, who will be there from 11 a.m. to 1.30 p.m. The Community Shredded Event, Saturday the 29th. Northern BC Crime Stoppers, protecting our community. It's after 9 on Prince George's Community Station, 93.1 CFIS-FM. So, Leah, you kind of casually mentioned at one point in the first part uh, about cosplay. Now, is there a contest? I know in the past years at Northern FanCon you've held a contest for cosplayers. Is that happening again this year? Absolutely. We usually have our cosplay contest on the Saturday. Mm -hmm. We do like to boast. It's probably one of the bigger ones in Canada. Um, I'm always blown away every year with what people come up with. Like, it's just incredible. Uh, You can apply to be part of the contest on our website. It's under the Get Involved tab. And if you win, uh, you get to walk away with two tickets to a North American con of your choice. Ooh. That's a pretty big prize. It is. I mean, I would be looking up what's available in the States and Canada and planning accordingly. Now, I know because um, a few years ago, at least one year, we were there, like, broadcasting live, and I happened to be there all three days. And I kept I kept seeing great costumes all three days, and this one fellow went by, and I was thinking, I sort of half recognize him. And I stopped and asked him, and it turned out he had three different costumes, one for each day. <laughs> that is amazing dedication, and yes. I'm not surprised. They can, well, I am surprised because they do continue to surprise us every single year. There are people that are building their costumes year-round. Yeah. Um, it is one of the biggest draws, and we have like a lot of people that participate in it each and every year. And then some people don't participate, but they just want to dress up. It's like mm-hmm. second Halloween. Yeah, <laughs> and, and they wander through the areas at Northern FanCon, and they, they get a lot of people probably talking to them. Well, you know, how did you come up with that idea? 
I know. It's, it's really incredible. And, I mean, you want to be able to, you don't want to just as wear it as a one-off. I would be wearing it all three days, too, because yeah. the amount of time and dedication that goes into each look, you know, I'd be mm. wearing it as, for as long as possible. <laughs> yeah. So, and again, every year, I'm, I'm guessing there's probably other people who, like, when FanCon ends May the 7th, May the 8th, they're going to sit down, they're going to start looking at, okay, what's new in fantasy science fiction, what can I do for next year? I think so. I, I mean, the true diehards, they're planning ahead, but it, yeah. it is inspiring, too. Like, you coming in your cosplay costume might inspire somebody that has never even considered mm-hmm. it to take part next year. Yeah, especially if they talk to you and you can tell them, yeah, it took some work, but the materials weren't all that hard to find and stuff like that. And, yeah, you can always find, you can find online, you can find what it's supposed to look like. Absolutely, and when in doubt, go look on TikTok. I learn everything from TikTok, so <laughs> you know there's cosplay people that are on there for sure. Yeah. Now, so that's the cosplay and the cosplay contest. We've mentioned already the workshops. Is there, again, this year the designated Artist's Alley? Well, yes, we do, and so I did mention some of those guests that are coming. Yeah. So John Gallagher, mm-hmm. um, he creates art art for art, uh for a lot of different shows, um, like American Gods, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse, uh, The Flash. Like, his work is incredible. Please go check him out mm-hmm. on uh, Instagram ahead of time. And then Kyle Charles, he is, he draws for comics. Right. Um, and he's done, like, Marvel Voices. Uh, and then Jeremy Simpson, he's a storyboard artist who's been on The Flash and Deadpool and a lot of that. So those are our bigger people that are coming from uh, for the Artist Alley. Wow. Now, so is, I'm trying to remember, is is there sort of the idea each year there is sort of a theme to Artist's Alley in terms of you try to, again, this year you've got three people who are all into that same sort of uh, art? I mean, similar. It looks, yeah. They're similar, but they are in different industries. Yeah. Like, you know, like Kyle Charles is in print. Mm-hmm. Um, the other two are TV and, and movies. Right. And I mean, you, we you can even throw Mark Bernardin into Artist Alley as well because he is a writer. So there's always there's always different little aspects to mm-hmm. to that area for sure. And now that's something. Now they're going to be there all three days. They sure are, yeah. Okay. Now, are they? Do you know if they're putting? You're saying like you're still drawing up the schedule. This will one or more of them possibly be putting on workshops over the weekend? Um, more than likely, Mark Bernardin. Um, mm-hmm. But I, the, like I said, we have not confirmed our yeah. full workshop list yet. Uh, that's still being scheduled, and we will put that up the second that we know <laughs> on our socials and our website too. For people who are saying, "I'm going to FanCon." But I'm not going for any of the cosplay or any of the fantastic uh, guest speakers they've got or anything like that. I'm going because I want to go to a workshop in Artist Alley. Oh, but you 100%. probably don't get too many people. I mean, like there's that. so much like that's that's free education yes. from masters that are in the industry. Go and take at least one of them, if not all of them, in. Now, the other thing that people I think sometimes forget about FanCon is it's running Friday, Saturday, and Sunday at CN Center. But it doesn't end always when the doors close there. There's FanCon after dark. Yes, and again, I I sound like I'm part of, like, a conspiracy theory right now. Uh Our after dark events are under wraps at this point in time. So we are, you know, 
we're still we're still dotting i's crossing t's yeah. with that again we will announce that a thousand percent uh on our socials and website now does i'm guessing norm does this deliberately he keeps everybody in the dark as long as he can about as much as he can right it's the FOMO generation. If you're missing out, you know, yes. like we got to, <laughs> we can't give it to you all right at the beginning. No. What fun would that be? We, you know, we got to build up the momentum. Now, it, the one thing I'm thinking it might be safe to assume is the guest list is pretty well set, barring somebody having to pull out because of illness or all of a sudden they got a call saying we need you to start this multi-million dollar thing and it's starting next week. But in terms of people actually coming here, Probably what's on the website already is who's going to be coming. Yeah, that, that, I will leave it at that, yes. Okay. <laughs> there may be some surprises, this being a uh, Norm Coin production. But um, So now, what are the dates and times again? Okay, so May 5th, that is a uh, Friday. Yeah. Um, our times, let's just see here. I'm looking on the website. It changes. We, we have a... We, okay, here we go. So Friday, we are... The 3 to 4 p.m. is the VIP early entrance. Mm-hmm. And then it's from 4 to 9 is general admission. Right. Uh, Saturday is from 10 to 7 of general admission. And then Sunday is a bit of a shorter day from mm-hmm. 11 to 5 for general admission. So if you're wanting to get in a bit early, like, you know, ahead of people, we still have a few VIP tickets oh. that are available. Okay. And if people are looking for information on FanCon and possibly getting VIP tickets. Where do they find it? Uh, that would be fancon.ca slash tickets and there's links to buy it on there for sure. And the rest of the website has all the other information you're going to need as well except of course for the times of workshops because they're not available yet. <laughs> they, they will be. Yeah, yeah. We're just still uh, making, making some last uh, minute details on them. Okay, Leah, the Director of Communications for FanCon, thank you very much for taking the time to chat with us this morning. Thank you so very much. You guys have a great day, and thank you so much for having us, and we'll see you at FanCon. Okay. That'll wrap it up for today's show. Kylie Lewis-Holt in tomorrow, After 9. After 9 is a weekday presentation of CFISFM. After 9 is produced by Alan Wishart, Eric Allen, Kylie Lewis-Holt, Trudy Clausen, and Rez Krebs. Executive producer is Reg Fair, with technical assistance from Stephen Smith. Theme music is by The Ebbs. For a rebroadcast of today's program, check out the podcast link at cfisfm.ca. To provide feedback or suggestions for the show, please email cfisfm at yahoo.ca. This is Community Radio 93.1 CFISFM, proudly supported by Prince George businesses like Kopar Administration.